podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Blue Room. It is your instant match reaction for Fleetwood Town. Nil, Everson won. Everson into the third round of the League Cup, thanks to Damari Gray, who wasn't actually meant to be starting the game, but Tom Davis got injured in the warm-up. Um, whatever Everson are doing in training in these warm-ups, who knows? But yeah, uh, we're in. It wasn't pretty. I can't imagine this is going to be the most memorable instant reaction ever. <laughs> but Rob Vera has got a shirt on for it nonetheless. <laughs> like When you say it like that, it, it makes it sound like I usually go t- for these and uh, I don't. <laughs> Uh, do you mean like I have a shirt on that's that's buttoned uh, that actually yes. has buttons with, and a with collar? A, with a collar and buttoned, yeah. I mean, yeah. you you have you know you have a history of of having no top on on this podcast. You know the Merseyside Derby celebrations. Everyone remembers that. So that's just you know the one time out of all the thousands of seemingly thousands of done. Um, yeah, Matt, that was uh, clearly an instant classic. We'll be talking about for ages tonight. Um, <laughs> I mean, it almost it's one of those where the you know, the less said about it the better on some level, but we do have to talk about it. I you know, I think you would call before we got on that that was a pretty uh, I'll paraphrase here. It was a pretty tough tough watch. Uh and I I'm not really that surprised. I I I expect Everton without goal scores and in particular without a striker um and and or, or a, a fit for purpose to to struggle against pretty you know sides and even even Fleetwood um I, I think that they I think that I think in some ways you can if you want to kind of squint and find a positive from from that in the big picture uh it just further underscores that uh Solomon Rondon is not a is not a viable option here like there's a reason and obviously it's not like everyone was considering him a viable option to be any kind of starting uh striker but uh he's not really even uh He's, he clearly doesn't even look the part in these types of games where you want to have a second or a third striker in your squad that can start these League Cup games um, and, and do a, a pretty good job. He he just – I don't even know that I can be mad at Solomon Rondon. I mean, he he runs as hard as his old broken-down body can run. I Like, I, I don't blame you, you know, I mean – he, someone offered him a, a contract and he took it. And uh, I think that he is doing the best at, at his age, that, but he's not, he's just fit for uh, the purpose of, of the team that surrounds him and certainly not for the purposes that Everton have and, and the need, the glaring gaping need that Everton have. And so it, it obviously we're in that, in the midst of the, the final, you know, week and a half ish, uh, you know, or so of the transfer window. And inevitably, this is the time every year where uh, we are, we, we, we believe we're going to get an answer to a question we've all been asking. We just don't know what that answer or answers is and, and what, what, you know, shape it will take and what uh, amount it will cost. But uh, tonight, just 
further underscored as if it even needed it, um, that it just can't go on like this. If you're going to struggle uh, in attack, and we only had uh, as tidy as Everton looked at times passing the ball, uh, they only had two shots on goal tonight against Fleetwood. I mean, I, that's that right there is just uh, further punctuating the point. And, and from from that standpoint, I, I think anything that can hammer this home uh, at, at this point to the board and others uh, is a good thing. But again, I, I don't really think anyone needed convincing, um, but but it does show the peril that we'll be in if we not only don't bring in a striker, but bring in uh, some, you know, at least I would say more than one. And we really need some adequate firepower, whatever position you want to call it. Uh, this this side needs goals. And and right now uh, it, it's very, very short of them, dangerously so. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with any of that. But, you know, we did win. We did score a yeah. goal. Uh, we had the same goal, goal scorer as on Saturday in the Murray Grace. The really well. Yeah, but in the, in the heart, yeah. <laughs> um, and do you know what? The, the, the one main positive again for me, Robin, as much as he's played really well this season, we haven't really, certainly on the, the instant reaction shows, focused too much on him because there's obviously been a lot of talk about forwards and new signings and all that kind of stuff. And, and that's Alex Awobi. And, yeah. and when Everton score that goal and the ball drops to someone on the edge of the box, you you sort of take a deep breath when you know it's him and you can relax because you know that the lad's going to pick the right pass at the moment. And mm-hmm. I mean, tonight it looked like he was going to be playing initially as part of a, a front three or playing you know, in one of the wider spots next to, to Rondon. Obviously, the injury means that Gray comes in and he has to go back into to midfield. And he was the best player on the, the football pitch yet again. And you know, I put on Twitter there that at the moment he is comfortably Everton's best outfield player. I don't I don't think there's any any kind of doubt about that. Now if you're picking a team, everyone's fit, you know, at the weekend, he's 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 the first player you, you pick in the ten outfield positions, maybe along with Dominic Carvalier as well, <laughs> for, for different reasons. But right when he's it's, fit. <laughs> it's 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 an, it's an it's an amazing it's been an amazing turnaround for him, hasn't it? Because you know, you go back a couple of years and it was these games that he was getting thrown into being on the, the outskirts of the team saying, show us what you can do to make sure you can to, you know, try and force your way into the side. And we'd, we'd watch him and we'd see flashes and we weren't quite sure what he was. He'd say he was a number 10 himself. And and all of a sudden he's showed he could play right wing back last season. He showed he could play in midfield three. Now he's playing as the sort of more mature, more defensively minded player in, in a midfield too. And it's just been lovely to see and the way in which he sort of been able to transform his game, craft out a role for himself and become Everton's most important player at the moment, I'd say. Most important player, first name on the team sheet. These To imagine talking like this a year ago at this time, Matt, would have just seemed... Um, <laughs> it just would have seemed insane. I, I don't... I'm struggling to think of another comparison over the last 10 years of Everton football of a player whose fortune turned around in such a, not only in such a pronounced way, but in such a, an unpredictable way. I don't, anyone who says they saw this kind of turnaround coming from a Wobi, I, I just don't think I, I can believe them. Um, I, I think when he struggled early on uh, at Everton, I, I certainly was one who said, well, let's, 
let's give it more than a few weeks. <laughs> we tend to just make up our mind about players uh, pretty quick uh, sometimes, or we just, maybe we just have a tendency to moan. I don't know, but um, it, it got bad. I mean, Awobi just felt like a, a player who had some skills that didn't really translate into much that was effectual and uh, would disappear in games. Um, you couldn't exactly figure out what position was best. And now think how much that's turned. Not only is he easily the best player for us, he feels the most indispensable um, he feels like a player that you can put at any position almost in the, like, I, I mean, they, they, he can, he looks, he does not look out of place so far in this early part of the season. Not that it's ideal, but he does not look out of place. If he said, look, tonight, we need you to play more of a holding role. Uh, we need you to uh, play a little bit further forward. Uh, we've he's played at, at wing back before he's, he just looks so comfortable with himself and in command out there. Um, I am, I, I'm I, again, I, I think the, I think Calvert Lewin may have been a player early on where people were just kind of like, like me who were like, I don't see it. When is he going to score goals? But the thing about Calvert Lewin is, is that he was this young player who was not ever really playing badly. He just couldn't do the one thing that, you know, strikers need to do. So it's a bit of an apples and oranges comparison. Awobi was abjectly bad for a long period of time. So I don't think it's anyone's fault if you thought he wasn't that good of a player, but um, from the back half of last season, and, and again, I want to remind people, and, and I'll say it again, you know, over and over because I think it's important to remember, Alex Awobi was one of the three key players that kept Everton up last season. He, Richarlison, and Jordan Pickford, and I don't think there are, I think they're on their own tier by themselves. What we wondered coming into the season was, was that just sort of a, a flash or would Awobi be able to pick it, pick up uh, that that level of play and bring it into this season? Not only is he not only has he done that, I, I think in some ways he almost seems like like he he wants to be out there. He not not well, he wants to be out there, but he wants to have that role. He wants to be uh, relied upon, and I think this was the best possible version of the idea of what you thought you were getting from Arsenal when Awobi came. But yet, I don't know that any of us even thought he would be quite like this. I don't really know that any of us knew, and maybe he didn't even know what he was when he was at Arsenal, but he does seem at age 26 like a player who the lights have all come on. He's finally figured out who he is, what kind of player he can be. Um, and he's certainly uh, as vital or the most vital player um, for Everton right now. And, and I don't know, I, 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 it was funny because you would look at him and think he's the sort of player that ought to be getting a rest on a night like this after the way he's played these first few games. He plays all 90 minutes tonight. You know he's going to start at the weekend. And he he looked as sharp from uh, the you know from the first minute to the very end of the game. His fitness looks incredible. Um, I, I I I said it before uh, on on Twitter. I think yesterday, uh, Matt, um, we're getting we're getting dangerously close to the last eighteen months of his contract. Uh, and I think that 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 is something that needs to be uh, once this window is is through. Uh, that, that's something that probably needs to be visited as as soon as possible uh, because Alex. 
Iwobi, uh, given uh, the, that he's in his prime, given that he's playing the best uh, that he's played in ages, and, and given that he's putting it all together, is a player that Everton need to uh, retain and, and continue to build around. Matt, you're on there. Mute. We go. I, yeah, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> got a bit mixed up. I was letting Dave into the room. Um, he is here now. Uh, Dave, I'm sure you heard the end of that. Uh, maybe obviously didn't hear me. <laughs> Rob was talking. Uh, about Alex Iwobi and not just how good he was tonight, but but how he's been Everton's most instrumental, most important player at the start of the season. Um, have you ever seen a turnaround like this from an Everton player in your time watching the team? I can't really think of one automatically. I think he's been absolutely brilliant. I think what Rob said there was spot on. I think he's, he's quickly become a player that is crucial and important to us. And, um, you know, his, his confidence and maturity when he has the ball is 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 quite phenomenal, really. When you know, if you just said this to me, I don't know. You, you go back a year, maybe, um, and and given the difficulty he had um, in in his initial um, spell with us, I think you know, I'd be like, what are you what are you talking about? I could not have imagined that he'd come as good as he has been. He's the first name on the team sheet for me. Um, I think the. The level of maturity you often see players. This this happens with 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 a certain amount of players. I think where you know through so many different spells of their career, when they've been at different clubs, when they haven't found a club where they are, I don't you know is, is supported as much as they have been recently by Everton fans. And and I think a lot of people, a lot of fans, when you see them on social media and whatnot, have said that this guy has become somebody who is crucial to this team and, and people are still getting used to saying it people I don't know if people some people feel uncomfortable saying it because let's face it everybody hates having said the wrong thing don't they everyone hates of every, everyone hates thinking oh I'm gone I can't really believe I'm sat here saying that Alex Iwobi is one of our most crucial players right now and he's one of the first names on the team sheet doesn't roll too comfortably for so many people who would not have had him anywhere near this football club for so long um, since we got him in from from Arsenal, um, I don't know. I don't know obviously how often Arsenal fans watch Everton, but it'd be really interesting to get some views from them um, if they've watched watched him closely. Um, certainly in, in in recent months, because he's he's been fantastic, and um, I think I don't think you'd ever see him in a captain's armband. But there is there is something about him that I watch that is infectious. For the for the players that are in and around him, and um, I, I think it's been so so brilliant to see, and I think you to to, to bang it on about me too much here, Matt. But your your question there, you know, would, would would can you think of an Everton player that has turned themselves around like this? I I can't think of anybody that has got anywhere near as close as the confidence I have when I see him on the ball, and and the other thing about it as well is is the versatility of him where he can play. Um, I think that that's something that Frank Lampard is probably still looking at closely and, and has it as one of his main decisions when he sees him in training. Where am I going to play him against a certain opponent, if you get what I mean? So, for instance, we, we when we go to Brentford uh, at the weekend, you're like, well, where do you put him? Do you put him in the centre of the pitch? Do you, you know? Do you try and put him on one of the wings? Do you put him as a 10? I mean, when we were all banging on at the start when he first came, thinking that, well, the only time the only time I want to see him play is if he's if he plays as a ten because he's useless everywhere else. It's gone the complete opposite. 
<laughs> in that you could play him anywhere and still get a decent performance out of him. So I still think that's something you need to look at closely, um, especially when we come to what you're looking at from him away from home compared to when you have, hopefully, most of the ball when you're playing at Gleason Park. But Rob, you know, I think the, the other good thing about him as well is that late last season, we were praising him for his work ethic and, mm-hmm. you know, the determination. But it feels like we're starting to see those little glimpses of, of class on the ball now. And it's, it's more about that now than, than the running. Yeah, well, look, it, it's... Um... The, the application is is sort of the minimum standard that we all sort of expect. And um, I mean, his work rate, his fitness, it's all just so apparent. And now it's almost like in getting comfortable with his idea as someone who who comes in and, and plays like that. It, it's um, I think he's really at the point now where before we would watch him. And I don't know if you guys feel this way, too. He oftentimes it looked like his his head was a little heavy in terms of he was thinking about his next move a little too much. He was just thinking too thinking a lot. Um, Sometimes you can tell with players when they are um, kind of anticipating the next move instead of just uh, or or they're trying to anticipate the next move, the next kick of the ball. Uh, They're trying not to make a mistake. Uh, you can sense that in the body language, the hesitation, ever. That is the part that really seems to have disappeared from a Wobi, and a lot of his natural uh, skill uh, has really begun to take over as he's gotten more comfortable in his own skin in, in a lot of ways. It's like once that confidence, uh, and, and really, I think you can. It's a chicken or egg sort of thing. Uh, do the results come from the confidence? Do uh, you know? Do, does the confidence come from the results? I mean, I don't really know, but what I do know is that um, I think Awobi having tangible results, playing such a crucial role in one of the most important chapters of the football club that he's at right now. Um, I think bringing that into this season has allowed him to just go out there and play. When Alex Awobi just goes out and plays, um, all of that talent, all of that Thomas that that everyone uh, has been remarking about since his days at Arsenal just seemed to come to the surface and and for me I mean you saw it tonight um, it's it's not like and by the way even great even really good to great players uh, they'll, they'll have a, a pass they still have a pass go everyone once in a while I mean there's nothing perfect out there but he seemed clearly a level above pretty much everyone out there he was just he was pinging balls everywhere he also knew when to make the the conservative choice and to uh, get the ball to someone else uh, without giving it up um, and and kind of keep things going Um, he he just seems to get it while he's out there. Um, he knows what to do, when to be aggressive, when not to be. Um, and some of the, I think that one, Matt, I think you were remarked on on Twitter, like that that volley pass that he had near the end of the game. I mean, it was... David Silver-esque, had, that one, yeah. Oh, it was, it, was, it was incredible to watch. And he he just, he's starting to make uh, the, the special flashes that we would see every once in a while become more uh, customary and more ordinary for him. Um, and yeah, that's, I think that's, that's really the key. Um, I, I think that, that 
we we talk a lot right now about the and rightly so about the transfer window players that we we need the players we couldn't afford to lose whatever uh i mean alex awobi right now um is is just so vital uh to this thing and you get the sense that if everton can address uh the attack a little bit more and in particular just address the glaring hole at the striker position and the forward attacking positions in general uh that that he is going to if he continues to maintain this level of play, you're going to see then uh, all of this translate into more results uh, in terms of wins and losses for Everton uh, on the positive side. So uh, from that standpoint, uh, I'm really excited uh, and I don't want uh, a season like this and performance level like this wasted. Uh, so that's, that makes it even more important in some ways for Everton to, to address these, these glaring needs that they have right now. Yeah, um, no, we spent a lot of time and it won't be there, but thought he deserved it because um, we've not really done much focus on him for us um, this season. I mean, he has been our best player by a mile. Um, a few yeah. other bits and pieces from the game, you know, a few players who had decent games, obviously, who didn't um, with tricky circumstances. The one, the one other player I want to speak about individually, Dave, was, was Amadou Anana, who I thought started off quite quietly, didn't really get on the ball all that much in, in the first half. Um, but for some reason, became a target for for Scott Brown's hatchet man. He got booted up in the air. He got you know the odd forearm to the face, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and the lad just got on with it. And it felt like the more they did that, the more he sort of grew in the game. And that that's really impressive for a player that's still very young and still very new to to the, this football club and this football and culture. Yeah, all of all of Fleetwood's players seem so reminiscent of Scott Brown. When he was at his prime, when he was at Celtic, and um, you know, I think his his record of of cards that he, he received when he was a central midfielder, I think um, I think the referee there were a couple of occasions where I thought, hang on, that that's got to be a second yellow. That's got to be somebody getting a you know a yellow if they hadn't been given one already. Um, I thought he was very lenient. Um, with 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 the players that come up against Onana, and I thought he, I have to say, I think he struggled tonight, Matt. I think he started to grow into it. I think the perseverance that he had, I think, is, is spot on what you've said there because it's so easy. I think in a game like that, where you know it's first start for us, isn't it? Where he's getting so physically um, presented by a challenge that it'd be so easy for him to stay down and, and just Frank Lampard to take him off as soon as possible. And I thought that was going to happen on, on several different occasions when we saw like Warrington on, on the side of the pitch. It looked like he was about to come on. I thought, yeah, Onana's going to come off here and he didn't. Um, so, you know, the, the, that that's to credit him, I think. Um, it's still it's still taking time. It's still going to take time to get used to. You can see, I think, the talent that's going to burst through this fella um, because he's got everything physically that you want to see from a Premier League central midfield player. Um, you know, when he's on the ball, the comfort that he has when he gets it to his feet. I think physically, the physical side of it is something that I, I look. I, I think I've, I've enjoyed looking at him quite closely in regards to when the ball goes into his feet, where he, he allows it to to sort of travel through is both 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 of his feet in order to have the ball one side of him him in the middle and the opponent coming through the back of him so they can get nowhere near the ball because he's such a big guy as well it's hard to physically compete with him so that's why I think you're going to see him foul quite a lot um, certainly with the, the, the lesser teams that we play uh, hopefully hopefully there's three or more of them in the Premier League that we end up playing against Matt 
But yeah, I, I thought it was it's just it was an interesting game to watch with them. Um, and I thought a difficult one that you're going to go to tonight. I think, you know, I'd be really surprised if some of his teammates, you know, maybe a Seamus Coleman type would say, look, you're going to get kicked at tonight. They're going to target you. You're obviously you've come in with to us on such a big transfer fee that there's going to be players here who want to just ruffle you up as, as best they possibly can. And I thought he handled it fine. Um, and yeah, I, I, it was the type of game I think that he'd learn a lot from because there'll be games in the Premier League, I have just said then, who I think will do a similar thing. They'll have midfielders, physical midfielders who are, who are going to try and brush him up a little bit. So, um, you know, you're going to have to get used to it. But yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be writing home about his performance. I don't think there were too many times I looked at him and I thought, certainly to the stage of what we just said about a Wolby. But you could see him, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if you see sort a similar performance from him. I think he's perfectly capable of doing that. And I've been really excited since I've seen him. Um, and, you know, again, against Brentford, if he's, if he's going to start in that game, it's going to be a completely different challenge than the one he saw tonight. Robin, are you that impressed with that? That's all durability showed late in the game. Hey, yeah. Look, we we ask all the time, like, when is uh, the the durability issue at Everton going to finally turn around? And so, you know, and, and I don't want to put all that. Um, we we are often guilty of putting our baggage on new new arrivals at Everton, whether it's the director of football uh, or it's uh, a new player, um, and, and we kind of need them to overcome, you know, all of, and slay all of these ghosts for us. But I, I was really impressed with, um, I think to your point, Matt, I, he started the game, um, a, you know, some somewhat tentative maybe, and, and kind of grew into the game over time. I thought he, if you watch the game pretty closely and, and I did tonight, um, he had some, uh, you know, moments defensively that were key where he, you know, got a foot in and got a, got a, you know, a, you know, quick uh, deflection or an inter- interception. Uh, um, he was able to, I thought at times pass the ball in a manner that made me think that he's going to eventually start to hit these and start to get it. Cause he's got the right idea. He sp- he had one of his best passes of the game. Uh, I think it was like in the middle of the pitch and I think he sprayed like a, gosh, I'm going to have been in like a 40 yard pass out to Patterson who set up what should have been uh, a goal, a goal for McNeil that maybe was one of the worst shots I've ever seen in the history of this football club. And, and there were a lot of those tonight. There were just a lot of, just not even close uh, uh, attempts on goal tonight. Even <laughs> even Awobi was guilty of that at one point. But um, you and then of course at the end of the game you saw that 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 galloping run and 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 that was that moment where the light clicks in your head and you're like okay I get it that's that's the 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 thing that he can do and that, that he has got uh, he's got in his uh, in his proverbial locker that he's going to be able to to kind of harness and, and hone over time um, the way in which he's able to stride and kind of glide with those long legs down the, down the pitch. Uh, it, it does, it, you, you get the idea of what Onana is supposed to be and what he can be. Um, what I was most impressed by though tonight and believe me, um, his restraint was better. Was uh, bless you, David. Um, his restraint. I tried to hit mute as quick as I possibly could, and just about missed it. This is such a high level production tonight. I love it. Um, the, 
thing I was most it, impressed it, look, by. If he's going to do it, it's going to be the Carabao Cup second yeah, round. Fair yeah. yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. No one's listening to this anyway. Uh, but I think the thing that most impressed me about Onana was the way he kept his cool. Um, I He certainly kept his cool better than I did. I called uh, the match official uh, tonight names that I will not repeat on this podcast uh, mm. because I, I, I could not believe. I mean, at one point, Vinagre, that, that Sean Rooney, uh, you know, hard man, like body check yes, right in like it was a hockey play right into the the the, the advertising boards. Uh, and then you had just the the endless uh, takedowns. It, it did appear that they were targeting Onana. Um, he must have been taken down with high challenges at least half a dozen times tonight. Um, and, you know, the, the stamp on the ankle, how that wasn't even a card uh, or and unless unless I missed it, I don't believe that there was a card issue. There may have been a card issue for that, and there was another one that it wasn't. But there 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 should have been cards for more of those. And Onana just um, you know not only for him to stay in the game, I was worried he'd broken his ankle and thought, oh god, here we go again. But to then come back. Uh, and he, you know, he kind of limped a little bit at first and then he had some of his best moments. He almost scored off of a corner. Um, he had a deflected shot. Uh, then he had that galloping run. Um, these are the types of games when we talk about development of young players that are so key because that development will include games like this that are a bit uneven, but they have these moments where they test the players, um, you know, fortitude, test their toughness, test their decision-making, you know, test their uh, overall ability to keep their cool. These are all valuable lessons that you only get by playing minutes. And so for me, I was thrilled to see that Onana not only got the start tonight, but he made it through 90 minutes in a win. He had some highs, he had some lows. He definitely had to ride the wave of, I think, Matt, what you referred to as a pretty yard dog team tonight in Fleetwood, which yeah. I think is a kind way of phrasing what those guys were tonight. Uh, but but I was impressed. And uh, I'm, I, I don't know how significant uh, the Tom Davis thing was. Uh, the commentator made it sound like he uh, – wanted to continue to play uh, after suffering the injury and warmups, but Lampard said, no, Um, hopefully uh, he's back for the weekend. Uh, We really don't want to be down any of these players. You want to have Davis, you want to have Onana, you want to have as many of these guys available as possible, but uh, no, really impressed with Onana. Can't wait to see more. Um, This was an important uh, early test and, and I feel like he passed with flying colors. And uh, just to finish off, um, me and you spoke about this earlier, Dave. I'd be interested to get Rob's thoughts on it as well. Um, some reports tonight from Paul Joyce. Um, the Tottenham are trying to get involved in this Anthony Gordon saga, um, but Chelsea still remain pretty confident of getting a deal done. I uh, wasn't even brought off the bench tonight, Gordon, Rob. Looked pretty chilled, though, with his arm around Vitaly Malenko with a big grin on his face, potentially maybe knowing what kind of contract he's going to be on in a, in a few days' time. But um, stays the play as it, as it stands out. How do you, do you feel about things? Because there's actually a lot of people sort of clamouring for a bid and more and, and all that. But it just, I don't really think those sorts of things really ever happen in footy anymore. And it just sort of feels like the, it needs a, a swift res- resolution this at around about a £60 million fee. Rob. Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to Dave first. Boy, we're really on a roll tonight. Uh, 
This is a shocker, yeah. isn't it? This is uh, yeah. This is a shocker. That'll that'll probably be the name of uh, this episode tonight. If we want to, uh, actually, I guess it's just the the. It's just Fleetwood Fleetwood. Maybe we'll make an exception more. for this one. <laughs> what a shocker! Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, look, I um, if you haven't listened to the most recent uh, kickabout that I did with Mark Mosey. It's last week and you'd think a lot has changed since then, but it really hasn't. I think the only thing that's changed is that we kind of centered our discussion around a hypothetical bid of 50 million. And now we're in, we're talking about a range of 60 million. And I think based on the reports, um, Everton's pushback at this point is not really about keeping the move from happening, but more around how much of that is up front versus, uh, you know, kind of un- the less attainable add-ons and, and those sorts of things. The player seems to want the move. I, I almost took, and I, and I witnessed that too, the, the camera tonight was certainly on uh, Gordon quite a bit for a player who didn't get on the pitch. Um, he looked absolutely loose and comfortable and uh, jovial with his teammates. And if anything, that only convinced me more that he is about to get what he wants and that this is not a matter of, of if, but when. And I think that that win is probably coming pretty soon. Um, I think, and this is all me speculating wildly, but you know, it's a podcast uh, that we're doing very poorly tonight. So we might as well uh, speculate wildly. Um, Time for you to launch your ITK career. That's right. It's just a wild speculation. Uh, only you can see my face and I have a name and all of that. But um, I, I would say that, um, you know, in the case of Everton, I, I, I think that they have probably been uh, they've probably been aware of what the answer to this question of Gordon going to Chelsea is for more than let's just say that they're not still deciding whether or not they're going to sell him. They're just trying to figure out what the, you know, they're trying to get the the best possible deal at the end. And I believe that Everton have been actively shopping for replacements um, leading up to now. I think it's, again, don't know if any of these will come off, but um, I, I have a hard time believing given who reported it. um, Paul Joyce in in this particular case uh, that the Mohamed Kudus uh, deal for, from from Ajax was just made up out of thin air, especially given all the you know Pat you know that Greg and Patty confirmed that the same thing. Uh, you had other outlets, uh, Fabrizio Romano, you know, backing it as well. Um, I know that Ajax uh, issued a pretty firm denial, but I think that I, I, I part partly wonder if they thought, hey, you guys have a lot of money coming your way. Let's let's get a little bit more out of this deal. But I think that that's probably one of those types of deals that's in the queue waiting for for things to be finalized with Gordon. Um, I think it's really interesting that the Jao Pedro deal that was supposed to be done and dusted with Newcastle suddenly on the same day that uh, Chelsea are nearing uh, this agreement of fee with Everton and Everton have apparently matched their bid according to the very reliable Craig Hope of the Daily Mail that uh, that suddenly there is uh, there's complications with that deal. And so I, I I think Everton are trying at least to be aggressive. Of course, none of it really matters unless they pull it off, right? None of it really matters unless they bring in the quality that is required um, in in some of these positions to bring goals to the side, uh, to not only be able to replace Gordon adequately, but but also to do so thoughtfully. And that may 
by the way, that Gordon is sold, um, you know, a, 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 a Brogia type or, or a striker is brought in on loan. Two other players are bought and there's still money left over that can be spent in January, can be spent next summer. Um, you know, there, there may be um, a lot of things that can happen with whatever fee is, is brought uh, from, from a sale like this. But the bottom line is that this, the, the amount is just makes the question, the debate moot. I mean, there is no debate. Um, regardless, unless you believe he is a can't miss superstar, I don't think as much as we like Anthony Gordon, and I'm certainly a fan of Anthony Gordon, none of us really can with a straight look on our face say he is a, you know, bar none, no doubt superstar that you keep no matter what. And so from that standpoint, if Chelsea are willing to pay a fee that's been re- the fee that's been reported, and I would have said this was true at 50 million, but it's 60 million, even if it's 50 with add-ons. You, you take that deal. You wish him the best. Uh, and as I think Mike Green all uh, pointed out, um, it almost now would be um, it would almost now would be doing a disservice to Gordon to try to keep him because just if you tried to keep him, yeah, it'd be so awkward now. Yeah. yeah, because then he'd have all that pressure to suddenly play like a 60 million pound player, as, as Mick pointed out. And I think others have probably noted the same. And so uh, from that standpoint, I'm excited to see what the next several days are going to bring. Um, much as uh, our friend Patty uh, absolutely loathes this time of year, as you guys know, I absolutely love the circus and the theater, theater of it all, and uh, I can't wait to see what happens over the next several days. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll have a transfer podcast on Friday. I think we penciled it in for um, me and you did it. Yeah, Thursday or Friday, something yeah. like that. Yeah, me yeah. and Dave did the show earlier on. But Andy Gordon um, as well goes a bit more detail on that. Dave, you also is the show with Pete McPartland in the bag. Has that one been done? It's it's being done uh, for tomorrow anyway because the um, obviously we're going to push it heavy this year. The uh, women's Super League, um, Everton women's side. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff with that. Pete's going to be doing all sorts of different shows throughout the season. He's going to be following them everywhere they go. Um, hopefully getting a lot of interviews as well. On Friday, I think, um, to mark your card, if he can get there, I think the club is trying to push as many people that you want to go, go into Goodison Park because they're doing a, pretty much an open day of training there. So you can watch all of the uh, Everton women's team and obviously speak to them and watch them sort of get into their paces and whatnot because they start their season at home to Leicester on the 4th of September, I think I'm right in saying, which is the day after the Merseyside derby. So yeah. let's hope it'll be a nice tonic that after the derby. Oh, I was going to say, either way, if we've lost, you know, let's go and watch the team win. But if we've won, it could be a celebration, <laughs> couldn't it, at, uh, at Walton Hall Park? Um, so yeah, can't wait to, to get that there. We're going to do a little bit of a preview. Not it, it won't be too long. We'll just sort of explain what we're doing. Peter will explain what he's going to be doing, um, and he's going to be there on Friday as well, getting plenty of interviews and whatnot, and loads of different stories going on at Everton Women, who, who continue to uh, bolster their squad as well. Uh, a lot more successful in the men's team, what we just mentioned there. Um, so let's hope by that point as well, we've got something else to talk about transfer wise. I was going to ask as well, and I know Rob wants to say something else, but uh, I was going to ask Rob, have you bought the Tux for next Thursday night's uh, finale of the transfer, the summer transfer window when it finishes on September the 1st at 11 o'clock UK time? He's got to be ready with the Tux there. Three-piece suit, I reckon. 
<laughs> I bet you know what I'll, I'll do, um, Dave. I will probably I bet I can get a tuxedo T-shirt going um, for that. And uh, I've been working out lately, so I'm, you know maybe I'll, yes. I'll, I'll really it'll really accentuate uh, you know the the the, the, the you know the for the joke. occasion accentuate all that the handsomeness uh, that, that that you see uh, before your eyes. But, uh, no, look. Um, excited and i don't know if we've analyzed what we're going to do but yes uh, the deadline day is always uh, interesting uh even if everton have all their business done uh by that day um, absolutely no chance no chance probably but let's just say they do <laughs> uh it, no regardless it's going to be an interest it'll be yeah. as is it almost is a very uh, interesting uh, and and hopefully exciting uh, you know uh, discussion to have um, you know so uh, the only thing I wanted to finish with uh, guys is if you wanted to Frank Lampard's uh, quotes after the match tonight uh, regarding Anthony Gordon uh, you guys tell me what read between the lines on this like um, he was asked about Gordon and, and Lampard's response was he's our player. Everyone knows of Chelsea's interests. We have a good relationship, ideally a quick resolution to the situation or we carry on and he's our player. Go, go, <laughs> so, buy, go buy Anthony. Go I buy mean, Anthony. it's, Don't it's get like, his name when well, he's our player. Anything could happen, but hopefully if it something's going to happen, it happens fast, you know, and uh, he's going to be wearing he, the blue shirt. Let's say something ambiguous like that. Yeah, but he's, he's, I think he's gone. I think that's yeah, he's, he's ready. I life. think he's probably ready for resolution. Yeah, uh, just like everyone else is at this point. Um, so yeah, um, and and so we go on. Yeah, we do. Um, we go on in the League Cup as well. We are through into the third round. Draw is tomorrow night, so we'll see whoever's in game in the next round. In that, um, should be interesting. But yeah, uh, it's full steam ahead to Brentford then. Over the next few days, as we said, we'll have numerous shows. Me and Rob will be back on the transfer show, weekend preview, uh, mailbag, all that kind of stuff over on the Blue Room and on the Blue Room Extra. So cheers for tuning in. Cheers for watching if you've logged in on YouTube as well to see Rob Vera looking extremely smart tonight. Um, and do the same next week when it's transfer deadline when he's <laughs> promised to wear a tuxedo. So uh, t-shirt, take, yeah. <laughs> take care, everybody. Uh, up to the toppies and we'll speak to you again very soon here on the Blue Room. Sports Social Podcast Network.